sports fans. This is Sellout Sports. I am Tori Rich, and across from me is Mike Mawson here coming to you from Bennington. It's just the two of us tonight, but we've got uh, we've got a few bones to pick with the NFL, and then uh, but then we'll get into you know a look at the week ahead, and uh, you know as always a, f- a few marquee games on the list, and uh, as always we're going to egregiously neglect baseball. And, uh, but yeah, you know, sorry, like we're going to get into it next year. Like that's, uh, that's, that's a promise. And we're not our new year's resolution. Yeah, there you go. And nobody ever breaks those. No. All right. Hit it, Mike. Noisy Neighbors coming to you from Mr. Alex Grohl. You can find him and the rest of his work on Pixabay. And uh, there's a whole world of, uh, of open source or royalty-free music out there. You know, go, go give it a shot. I, wa- I wanted to like try and do like a different song every week. But first of all, we loved this one. And no, second, I, I really like this yeah, song. You know, like, yeah, we're in the mood now. We're ready to go. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so I, I liked this song, and second of all, it's just like it's, it's like a lot of work, you know. Like, in the, so yeah, so um, so we're gonna stick with this song for for a little while at the very least, but um, yeah, and uh, I also, you know, so yeah, so thank you, Mr. Alex Grohl, and thank you to everybody that listens. I always say this at the end of the show, but I want to, you know, in case you don't make it to the end, which is understandable, especially after two and a half hours on the last <laughs> in two one. episodes. Yeah, 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 in two episodes. I swear that wasn't for more views or or for more clicks. I swear, but. Um, but yeah, so I just want to say to everybody like, Hey, if you have feedback by all means, um, or questions, questions you want answered on on the air, you know, like, like, what do you guys think about this? And then send them along. Uh, but we appreciate you guys listening that, you know, just thank you for the support. Thank you for, um, and honestly, you know, I've always said this as an editor or as a writer too. I actually appreciate when somebody tells you why you suck, even if they, you know, they don't, you know, you know what I mean? You know, obviously, I just mean constructive feedback. You know what I mean? Like, like, but by all means, tell us why we suck, too. And if, um, just, but tell us why. Don't just say you suck. That's not helpful. You know what I mean? Yeah, tell me why I suck. Tell me why I suck, and then, and then we'll work on it. You know, it's like, that, that's the old, that's the Riley Leonard thing, right? You know, it's exactly. Like, it's yeah. like, like, we, we want it. We want to keep improving, you know? So, um, but anyway, but until then, until we get that feedback, I mean, I've gotten plenty of feedback on our, our social social media posts. Um, half of them thinking I'm saying the wrong thing, but they they think I, that they I I think they need to fix the blindside block. That's uh we, we got to work on our branding. That's all uh, we got to get it out there that no, that is not in fact our position. They'll learn soon enough. Exactly. It's a, yeah. T- today, friends and family. Tomorrow, the world. That's that's where we're going. So. Um, but you know, apparently we have a very famous listener in in a uh, Mr. Thomas Brady, because he had some things to say that is uh, definitely on brand with us anyway. And so I'd like to give a sellout sports salute to Tom Brady, who deserves a salute for plenty of reasons. But just uh, you know, on the uh, um, excuse me, on the Let's Go podcast uh, with with Jim Gray. Uh, <laughs> And Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald, yeah. You can't forget Fitz, of course. 
Um, are they? They're not usually on at the same time though. So it's like it's kind of lame. I'd almost like I'd kind of like to have both of them on at the same time. I wonder if there was like a no, I'm not working with him, <laughs> but whatever. So, um, but yeah, Brady. There was a, a few very quotable things that obviously I appreciated, and I think you do too. You know, a because it's from Brady, and B because you're starting to come around to my 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 side of things. So, uh, first one. So he's just saying, you know, football is a physical sport. There's a physical element to all of this. You throw a 15-yard flag for something that, you know, 20 years ago maybe wouldn't have had a flag. That, that affects the game in a big way. Well, thank you very much. And so this was in reference to the hip drop tackle. I want to um, – that they're talking about outlawing by next year. Um, and we'll get to that in a second. I want to give my thoughts on that, actually. But, um, just, you know, he goes on. There's so many people that want the NFL less and less physical. It's more like flag football, which is going to be in the Olympics in 2028, which – I'm reading it, but he kind of scoffed at that. He did scoff, like, yeah. And then, and then maybe football goes to flag football over a period of time. And then my favorite, everyone should stop bitching about unnecessary roughness calls. So if we took this out, uh, you know, out of context, like, you know, blind resume type of thing, uh, Tom Brady sounds just like Tory Rich. <laughs> Like legitimately, like I, if like that's yeah, he, that's a text yeah, he, that he sounds like me. <laughs> that that's a text I've received from you numerous times, yeah, especially that last line. Everyone should stop bitching about unnecessary <laughs> roughness calls, like to a T. Like if I search that in my in my iMessages right now, it probably comes up with your name under it. Dude, he actually, and the thing is, is so I, I'm gonna get to Gronk's comments. Gronk kind of gave him shit, and I think it was just. I think it was mostly a buddy giving him a hard time, really, because they're they're close, right? Um, but you know, but I, I think Gronk's take was bad if if he really believes it. Um, but yeah, Brady, even because one of the things that Gronk said was he was like, "Oh, well, now that you're out of the league, of course you think that," you know. But actually, Brady said it last year before the season too. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was he was railing against like all of the ways that you can't hit a quarterback. It probably it's, wasn't that Atlanta Falcons game. I'll say that much. <laughs> See, okay, so and that's what Gronk is saying, right? He's like, oh, you got that call, you know, when Grady Jarrett. And obviously, I was fuming. Honestly, that week, I think it was the same week that Chris Jones fell on on uh, Derek Carr and recovered a fumble but got a penalty. And that was literally like, I honestly checked out of the NFL for a while last season because I was just like, I can't watch this shit anymore. Like, this is ridiculous. And I think they kind of toned it down after that week. Obviously, there were still plenty of ridiculous calls. There's still been plenty this year. Um, but I checked out after that for a few weeks. I was just like, I, like, I can't do this. That like, was almost like the birth of sellout sports as it is. Well, because- it, right. <laughs> it was like, a, yeah, it was like a, a, an important moment. It was, a, it was like a founding moment for us because this is when I started harassing Mike with, with unsolicited texts because nobody else would listen <laughs> And Mike's just a nice person that you know, like happens to also know about sports. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. So, oh man. But yeah. So Gronk, you know, Gronk, you know, comes out with this. You know, uh, he's on the uh, Up and Adams with Kay Adams, um, her podcast. And you know, just get you know, he was. I think it was mostly just giving Brady shit. But I, but I thought his takes were terrible. Um, and I actually disagreed with him on something that you would probably be surprised. I don't. If the NFL wants to outlaw the hip drop tackle, which which Gronk is Gronk is just saying, yeah, you got to get people down however you can, and obviously I I agree. But if I have to concede anything, this is something I'm okay conceding. Where it's like if they want to if they want to outlaw it, okay, because I think they're I don't agree with the horse collar tackle either. You know what I mean? I like um, 
or what I'm saying is I I I don't think I'm okay with outlawing the horse collar tackle. That's what I was trying to say. I gotcha. Um, it's an so, interesting. It's an interesting take from Gronk, who uh, notoriously, you know, said "hit me high, not low," right? Right. Like, and then you know he was upset with like he did want. I don't know if he championed for it necessarily, but he was somewhat vocal about like they're just going for my knees, and you know that's how they had to get him down. But you know he he did let that narrative get out there, right? Like that he was upset about it, and of course he's upset about it. It's you know injury plagued career because of that, partially, right? Yeah, and um, you know that that affects his bottom dollar and everything like that. So it is just weird for him to be like. You know, he's going after Brady in that sense. And I know he's kind of kidding. But then to be on the other other end of it and being like, no, like, you know, this kind of tackle I'm cool with. You know, it's it, it was it, it seems like a it was a, a little, switch. It was a little weird. And he was just totally like, again, even if he's just joking around, he's totally wrong to say, oh, yeah, like, dude, you played in the in the soft fo- in the flag football era. It's like, dude, no, he didn't. The, the, the NFL didn't really go soft until about 2018 where. Like, yeah, roughing the passer happened every once in a while. There were always bad calls. It's like since the beginning of time, there have been bad calls, right? But in 2018, that was when they started the you can't land on the quarterback stuff. I remember Aaron Rodgers actually saying it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, And he still has, he still holds that stance. Yeah, obviously. so as much as I can't, like, I there's a lot of things I don't like about him, but, like, I'll give him credit for that one. It's interesting um, to, like, you know, the all the, you know, top-tier quarterbacks, you Aaron Rodgers – and Tom Brady talking against this and uh, Peyton Manning was just on the Pat McAfee show today. And yes, he, you know, he has a broadcast on Monday night with obviously with Eli. And so was he being a company man? I think he kind of was, is the vibe I got, but he was essentially like Pat McAfee was like, what do you think about this? You know, great quarterback. And uh, Manning was like, you know, I love football. He was like, you know, I, I still love football. Um, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, I think he wanted to say something. But he's too much of a company man to say something. And then what's the next generation say? They throw their hands up and cry for a flag. So I don't know. It's kind of funny, you know, our our <laughs> our social media posts that went nuts just because I was, you know, picking on Patrick Mahomes for crying for a call. Not like I thought it was a pretty innocuous thing and people have gone nuts over it. And the funniest thing is half of them were comparing him to Brady. And I never saw Brady that way. Yeah, Brady towards the end, you know, cried to refs and if you asked me about Brady and emotion, though, I'd 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 say more that he, he was yelling at his receivers after a play than anything. He yeah, he definitely was one to yell at his receivers. I think the late years of New England and I think the Tampa Bay years, he probably was on refs more. Maybe a little bit at the. I mean, I'm not going to say I never saw him do it. Of course I did. Um, but it's to me that's not his legacy. For me. It's a oh, big. It's, it's a yeah. for me. It's a big part of Mahomes' legacy right now. See, I, I don't agree with that either. Um, I don't think it's a part of Brady's legacy, but I don't see it as a big part of of Mahomes' legacy. Is it? Do you see it more than you would like to? Yes, but I'm not saying it's part of his legacy. I mean, again, like I said, I just think. Yeah, I come back to the Bengals AFC Championship game and the way it went down, and then I feel like what he tried to do in that in that Broncos game last Thursday kind of solidifies my point about it is he is and again good for him for being aware of the situation bad on him for taking advantage of it in the wrong way i don't approve of it um he knew he knew it was going to be a 60 yard field goal in this broncos game he knew it was going to be a 60 yard field goal he cried for a call to try and get it closer 
like good. So that's a good team guy thing. It is. But I'm sorry, but it go. You need to go. Be, so I can't even get on him about as a team guy. He obviously works hard with Kelsey to build that rapport. He obviously works hard on his game. All of those things. But sometimes it goes beyond that, and respect for the game is really important to me, and I can't look past that. So um, anyway, back back to the point. You know, like so Brady played more than three quarters of his, of his career in the quote unquote real NFL, you know, where he was getting his fucking head taken off. <laughs> yeah. I mean that one, there's that notorious one clip where against I, the bills where like his helmet comes off and he got freaking rocked. That's probably why he didn't run for the next 18 years of his career. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't like considering how he got into the NFL, you probably wouldn't want to <laughs> run anyway. Right. Uh, you probably step out of bounds, but like he, I mean, Brady was still a football player. He was a, terrible athlete his entire career and the fact that he had like a 71 speed rating in madden his last year was a joke <laughs> did he really it was something like that yeah like it like they bumped it up for some reason i don't know why but um and i don't know why i remember i, we, I remember weird things man i don't know um but the point being you know like that's why brady's so great because because true greatness is about adapting right like coaches that get old but they but they they adapt to the times you know, unlike a, a certain coach in New England, right? And and he is great, and he and he absolutely is. But there, he finally reached an age where he couldn't adapt anymore. But like Brady, he survived in the era where they were allowed to kill him every and try to kill him every week. And he's and he and then he thrived in the era also where like yeah, where they where they wrapped quarterbacks in bubble wrap. And the fact that he won three Super Bowls in both, basically, or he he won two of them. Sorry. He won two of his seven in two the of seven in the in pansy the, era. Yeah, like in yeah. the qu- in the quarterbacks are pansies era. I, I don't really call the rest of them pansies, but quarterbacks are now. Um, I don't know. So like, so you know, I don't. I don't think we need to go into Brady's legacy too much, but you know, just to defend it against the goofiness from Gronk, why not? Right. Um, speaking of, you know, just like you know, um, calls that I don't appreciate, and uh, you know, another social media post that went nuts. Um, I want to give a shout out to, uh, you know, somebody who commented on it and hopefully he listened cause I told him to, uh, but, uh, Mr. William Chris, uh, he had the best proposal that I've heard so far. Cause I, you know, like I, I, I try to workshop this stuff as if the NFL's paying attention. Right. So let's workshop these ideas and, uh, someday they will be. So you will be a rules guy it, for the NFL it, one day. It, it will be, it will be so, so, um, so William Chris, totally re- reasonable solution. He said it should be about momentum. So so sorry if I, if I didn't explain it. We're talking about the Alan Lazard penalty, the hit on Reed Blankenship. Blankenship is out with bruised ribs. Um, like I'm sorry, that's part of football. Whatever. Um, if I had it my way, that would be a totally clean block. But, he got flagged. But he got flagged, and and it is technically against the rules. I acknowledge that. But by the way. of the freaking commenters don't understand that I know it's against the rule. What I, what did I say? I said, you need to fix this NFL. So how do you fix it? Well, I, I like, I like William Chris's solution here. It should be about momentum. He said it should be like, you know, if he just stops and then, so, uh, so this commenter didn't say this, but the way I see it should be is it should be like setting a pick, but it's football. So you're not going to stand there and cover your nuts. Like it's basketball. You can lower your shoulder into him, but you have to stop and establish yourself. You have to stop and establish your ground, and then you can drop your shoulder into him. I, and so, and so, I think that would that would 
like, yeah, it's still going to hurt. It's still a collision. It's football. Collisions happen. This is, that's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, I, I think the, uh, I think it's a good point. It's just the fact that, uh, I heard this the other day, you're taught in football to always have your head on a swivel, right? And I think there has to be a point where that has to be held accountable in this, in this situation. But in this particular one, so you're, you're saying you have to stop your feet and then kind of lower your shoulder into them. It just, it really, me, really to protect yourself yeah. because it's the only, it's the only viable option. It seems like, like a lot to do in a split second when the play's coming your way. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, I get it. It sounds like a, an, a very specific situation, but I will tell you this. It would work in this situation, um, in that scenario. In, in this one, too, because Lazard, I, I, I don't think that Lazard, I think Lazard still would have gotten the flag in this situation if, if, if we enforce the rule this way. But I think also if they coached it that way and said, no, just, just take a charge, basically, then we might be okay. And I'll give you an example of a time that it actually would have worked was going back to the Colorado Colorado State Colorado game and and I hated the way the game ended because Colorado State scored a touchdown I think Nicolo uh was it Braden Nicolosi or whatever ran it in the quarterback for Colorado mm-hmm. State he ran it in for what would have been the game tying touchdown if they got the two-point conversion but they called it back instead they get a 15-yard penalty it's like you know now it's like second and 30 or something like and and, and, and for all intents and purposes it ended the game um and it was the wide receiver whose name escapes me right number 14 for Colorado State. He's Yeah, I told receiver. him it looked like I, I said he looked like Cortland Sutton because he was in Colorado wearing the Where, 14. wearing 14, yeah. Um and so on that play, the reason it got called back is because he he basically was just standing his ground and he clipped the Colorado linebacker who may or may not have made the tackle um just by kind of lowering his shoulder and but he but he didn't have any momentum. It's just like like the linebacker just didn't see it, ha- it coming and but he blocked him completely in his chest, completely in his front. It should have been a clean play. It should have been considered a clean play. Like that is, I'm sorry, that's football. You you do what you have to to stop a guy from making a tackle. Yeah. So within, I, you know, I, I like it. I like the rule. I, I, yeah, it's a good suggestion. It's. I mean, let's do something. You know what I mean? Because th- this cannot continue. This cannot continue to be the rule. It's ridiculous. It's kind of like a meeting meeting people in the middle, right? Like a middle ground. Almost. That's all I'm asking for. I'm asking for like, can people be reasonable? And I've done this twice now in the comments, and people have been like, Bleh. so like, so I don't know if I'm gonna continue to try to, to try to extend these olive branches, but you know, it's kind of in my nature too. I'll I'll keep trying and maybe I'll find somebody reasonable. Well, I don't we know. can't fix everyone, Tori. Uh, no, we can't. And we can't fix all the rules, and I need to accept that. But uh anyway, speaking of the NFL sucking at things, they just uh, extended Roger Goodell through 2027. Boo. Boo. You, Roger. <laughs> no, fuck you, Roger. <laughs> Seriously, I can't stand this guy, and it's... You know how much money he made? I don't think his uh, salary for the last two years is, is um, disclosed, but for the 2019-20 to 20 season and then, the, and then the 20 to 21 season, he made almost $64 million, I think, in those two years. That's gross. And so I can only presume 
in 2023 dollars, he's getting even more. And he was watching hurt. he was watching the games in his basement with that stupid recliner in COVID times. You remember that? Yes. Oh yeah, like it was like these like was this a fireside chat? What the hell are you yeah, doing? Yeah, so weird. Like, dude, he's such a tool. Like again, like the whole like like now everybody boos him when he comes on stage at the draft. I don't think it's cute. I think it's like, dude, you're a fucking loser, and nobody likes you. Like, 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 it's not ironic to me. It's like I don't, I don't think he even it's understands just, that nobody likes you, him. You feel like it's completely genuine. Is it? Yeah, I, I feel like it's. I mean, it should be. It should be genuine. I can tell you the the what? people in New England are genuine when they boo him. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, was that why you were booing him? Was it? No, was I, it mean, over should, I mean, that's definitely a part of it. Okay, yeah. Okay. But you think he sucks in general? Yeah. No, I think he's again. Respect for the game, right? Like, obviously, he's been, quote-unquote, good for the game because he's made them a shitload of money, right? And that's all the owners care about. Like, dude, you can give me $32 million for people to hate me. I can be the lightning rod for the NFL. That's, I'll take that money. I don't care. Like, dude, everybody hates me right now for a lot less money. So, like, I, I'll, I'll do it. Just think know? about the rule changes you won't imply that people like you are, are going to, you know, despise you for. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, that's the thing is that like I don't think I could take their their dirty money for like for just destroying the NFL because so here's the thing, right? So we had a uh interview with a with an Armando Salguero. Sorry, let me find let me find what website he works for because I had it up. Oh, out outkick. Yeah, yeah, I know outkick. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so Armando Salguero. Uh, it's just a fun name to say. Um and so he had a really good article in here. And so it, it, the uh, headline, Roger Goodell's legacy, possibly the last NFL commissioner of his kind. And so what he means is that, you know, whenever Goodell finally, because Goodell is 64 right now, I believe. And so when Goodell steps away, Salguero proposes that, you know, they might actually split up the responsibilities of the commissioner's office and have some focus on the business and others focus on football. I think that's a good decision. A football operation guy, yeah, that sounds that sounds like it would uh, it would fix some things. But um, I don't know. There's, like I don't even want to get into Goodell's quotes. He was like, "Oh, it's not about my legacy." Like whatever, man. That's what the owners told you to say. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like oh, what it's a like surprise. the South Park episode. It's 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 the Goodell bot. You know what I mean? Oh, what like, a surprise! The commissioner of the NFL is good at PR. Yeah, right. It was like, like, and he's and he's only good at PR because he's just not memorable. You know what I mean? Like, like, like they, they basically, you, you know that, uh, shit, you're not a movie guy. You ever seen, have you seen Ocean's Eleven? Yes. Okay. Or so he's nine, seen, 11. I don't know which one I've seen. Wait, the one with the women or the one with the men? Women. Oh, 11. No, no, that's Ocean's Eight. Ocean's Eight. I've seen Ocean. That's a newer one. I actually right? haven't seen Ocean's Eight. Pretty yet. good. You know, like my wife, Casey and I are going to watch. Uh, so Casey's Ocean's Eleven's the, the classic, right? Is the original. Yes. With, okay. With George go Clooney on. Brad yes, go on, yeah. Go yeah. On. So, um, yeah, I'll go down another tangent in a second. <laughs> okay, so in Ocean's Eleven, he's like, you need to, um, he needs to like you, and he needs to forget you the second that you're gone, because he's teaching the guy, like, you know, how to do the do the heist. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's Goodell. It's just like, you know what I mean? Like, and they don't even like him, but basically, you, it's basically you need to distract from, you know, what dirtbags we are. You know, Jerry Jones and and Jim Irsay and whoever distract them from what dirtbags we are, and then make them forget by the time the press conference is <laughs> over. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's that's that, those are his marching orders. And uh, that's a good comparison. I like that. No, something like that. So, um, by the way, I, I'm gonna give Ocean's Eight a shot because, like, I, I'm gonna, t- whatever. I am not sexist whatsoever, but I don't like. 
you know, the the reboots of movies like, oh, now we have to do it all with women, right? Like, I just don't like the, the I, trend. I get that. You know so, I mean? um, without like, I've I've heard of Ocean's Eleven in you know a general theme. I have a general consensus of of what the plot is, but um, I don't know. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot, but. If I had watched Ocean's Eleven first, I probably would have a different perspective. And, and and again, it's really more a problem with the reboot in general, right? You know what I mean? It's like, can you can you Hollywood types come up with an original idea? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of against reboots just in any capacity. So. That being said, the the lady version of Ghostbusters, we my, we my wife and I saw like the first like 20 minutes of it, and it actually seemed funny. And I think we're gonna give the rest of it a chance sometime soon. We never didn't, make it through like a whole movie together because she falls asleep. But didn't even know that was a thing. Like, yeah, um, no, it's um, uh, just Melissa McCarthy. I was gonna say if you're um, if you're naming actresses, just it doesn't matter. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, let's see. What, what was I? Okay, here we go. So let's be fair, though, right? Um, in terms of, you know, I feel like Adele has killed the NFL in a lot of ways. I feel like he's killed the integrity of the game and what football is supposed to be, right? Um, he has he has allowed the player empowerment era because he's such a pussy and just doesn't doesn't ever stand up to them. When, when it needs to happen. You know what I mean? He's just mm -hmm. a weak, he's just a weak commissioner and that's what the owners want. That's what they've, you know, that's, that's at their behest. You know right. what I mean? Um, because it's good for business and it's like, Hey man, if you, if you only make business decisions at some point, it's going to bite you in the ass and your, your true fans are going to turn on you and now, and they're going to start podcasts and yell at you. So, so does that make uh, I, I'm blanking on his name, former NFL player. Uh, he he handles the discipline right now. Do you think somebody like him would step in and and kind of do the football operations? Who does do that uh, now that I like like you know whoever would have suspended Kyle Phillips this week if he did or right? I'm, I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but I think he's the one who actually is a is it a lineman offense a former offensive lineman? Hang on, keep talking. Jim Trot, not Jim Trot, no. No, Jim. No, Jim Trotter's the guy that just sued the NFL right, for, right. for that, racial discrimination. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't think of it right now. I know the NBA's suspension guy because uh, he was friends with Draymond, a former player. But I'm pretty sure it's for the NFL oh, it, as well. Wait, no, is it Troy Vincent? Uh, yes, it's Troy Vincent. Well, no, Troy, no, or Troy he, Vincent's the one who did Deflategate. I know that. And or is he NFLPA? He might be P. No, because he handled the investigation. For Deflategate. Okay, and Troy Vincent's the one that was like, like, yeah, but we're bringing. He, he's the one that like brought up. Um, PA though, you're right. I don't know. Okay, point. Wires being, crossed, but yeah, I, I, somebody like that to to kind of. There would be a businessman and a football guy, and obviously the football guy is still going to go in the direction of player safety, but like maybe it could be a guy that actually understands football, maybe that's played football past you know, whenever Roger Goodell stopped in sixth grade or whatever, so. Yeah. Um, all right. But I, I had a point with that. However, I need to be fair because offense is down this year, which I have no problem with. I'm totally okay with it for a, for a few reasons. Um, and I want to cite an article from a uh, so a guy named Tyler Dunn. And I'm <laughs> I'm mad. I'm not mad at him. I'm just mad because it was a good article and I wanted to keep reading. He has a website called uh, it looks like Go Long or GoLongTD.com. So go go check it out because it's good stuff. But we have this article last week, week six, 
Let me let me uh, pull up the stats here. Yeah, it was pretty bonkers. Yeah. Last week, week six, was the last time 10 teams won a game with 21 points or less since 1993. 23 teams in all scored 20 points or less, the most ever. Quarterback combined for a pass rating of 78.6 last week, the worst in seven years. And, uh, oh, yeah. And the average was the average points uh, for each team was eighteen point four points, which was the lowest since uh, week fifteen of the twenty fourteen season. So wow, this and um, so the whole narrative. I have to I have to take the L here. I had a whole narrative that it's like it's going all offense, and and the rules are they are. However, what I didn't think was going to be possible. I thought things had gone too far. And I, I remember saying this when I was still coaching middle school football with, with uh, my friend Kevin Kuhn, he was uh, that I coached with. We might we should have him on sometime because he I, he knows more about football than I do. Hell yeah. So, um, but he was like, "No, man, it's it's cycles. It, it, you know, it, it's gonna it's all gonna come back." And I think he was right. I think it's starting to I think it's starting to adjust and water's finding its level or whatever. And which means that I think as teams adjust to this, you know, like they adjust to smaller defensive linemen and these linebackers that are really safeties and these safeties that are really corners and so on. Like it's smaller. So teams are going back to a little bit of a power running game again. And, and so you're going to start seeing those run stuffing linebackers come back to counter that. And I love that. You know what I mean? Like, obviously I love that again. I love, I love watching Tyreek Hill burn a corner as much as anybody. I just don't want to watch it every week, all the time, without any way to counter it. You know what I mean? I just want to see all of the nuances of football, the strategy, the you have to respect the running game, so you go deep. Uh, oh, they're you know they're, they they have two high safeties, so you run it. Like all of those things. You know what I mean? Personnel packages, different. You know the run, the big fat run stuffing de- defensive tackle that could couldn't rush the passer to save his life, but he has a role. Because that means the fat kid down in high school has a role. Yeah, you know what I mean. You you are glowing right now. I haven't I haven't seen you uh, this this happy to talk about Listen to this NFL positivity uh, yeah. in a while. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the heel here, and uh, I'm just gonna tell you some of the quarterbacks that that kind of let the points be lower this week. So you look at. So um, I was too happy. Was a, you couldn't let me have it. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Your 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 happiness was sustained for sorry, too long. I, res- I respect you as a journalist for for knocking down my my levity. <laughs> so you got the Colts with a backup quarterback. Obviously, Anthony Richardson knocked out Gardner Minshew in. I yeah, th- but Gardner, come on, Gardner could start for ten teams. In I the think NFL. I think Gardner's magic is is when he comes in and you can't scheme for him coming in. <laughs> I think when you have a week of. Kind of like, like, kind of like Fitzpatrick. Yeah, like when you have yeah. a week of being able to be like, all right, what can Gardner Minshew do? He can he can throw a slant really well, and and he can move kind of outside the pocket. Let's let's get those short throws. Let's take those away and let's make Gardner Minshew beat you deep. And the result is uh, the Jaguars winning by seventeen. Um, who, let's see, you know the Bears. Obviously, Justin Fields has been up and down. He got knocked out. They only scored thirteen points. Um, I mean, the Raiders actually put up 21, so that's 21 and under. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo went out, 
And I know you're going to give me shit for that. Be like, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Come on. But guess who came in? Yeah, I think I'd rather have Minshew than Garoppolo right now. Yeah, but would you rather have Brian Hoyer? Because that's who played the Ooh. entire second half. No, nah, I, I can't go that far. Yeah. So, I mean, just. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll push a narrative. but <laughs> Even even Sunday Night Football. Uh, I know Daniel Jones hasn't been the Daniel Jones of last year, but. Um, you know, even, you know, him out with Tyrod Taylor in, you know, uh, the, I'm, I'm going to fight you on that one. I, I like Tyrod. I think I, I don't, that's not me not liking Tyrod, but he is not a starting quarterback for a reason, right? He's not one of the best 30 quarterbacks I would say in the NFL. Mm. I think there, there is, I don't know, man. The Gi- I mean, <laughs> you can't nine points. You can't say the giants offense was clicking, but there were two goal line situations they didn't score on. So I don't know. I thought the Giants did some things. Saquon obviously wasn't back yet. That offensive line is terrible, and he, he still, you know, you know, made chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know? No, I got you. I'm just saying I just rattled off, what, three or four quarterbacks that – or three or four teams that were on their second-string quarterback. I'm not even mentioning Arizona, who um, – Josh Dobbs has been good. No, he has been good. He has been good. So that's, been why good. I, that's why I didn't mention him. But I mean, I, I don't, okay, I don't want to say good, but he's been better than expected. He's been adequate, right? Yeah. yeah. So – but the, no, do you see what, do you see my point too? I think I think uh, I think it was kind of a fluke week in that regard. Um, I don't think it's going to go just okay, power okay. run. All I'll help of a you with your point. How about that? I'll help you with your point. <laughs> look, Pat- at, look at us go. Patriots, oh, Jets, <laughs> Patriots, Jets, Steelers, Titans. Good <laughs> down to Malik Willis. Um, let's see here. I mean, I mean, so let's start. Ru- from- Russell Wilson is not Russell Wilson. Well, anymore. yeah, that's where I was going to start. Th- you know, uh, Thursday night game, the Chiefs scoring 19. That's that's Thursday night's score, right? That's three, four days in between games type of thing. Like, that's one of the most, you know, their offense hasn't been fantastic, but it's still, I would say, easily a top 10 offense in the league. Like on a given week, they're not go- they're going to score more than 19. OK, how about we get through this weekend and if the and the, if the lower because it, it doesn't seem like it was just this weekend, it seemed like there was some pretty low scoring games. Seems like it hasn't been out of control. No, it hasn't year. been. Unders have been if, if you're an under better, you're you're doing well right now. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I want to look at this in further detail because we did our quarterback power rankings. But we didn't go all the way through and we didn't really get to because, yeah, I mean. Falcons, Panthers, Saints, you know. I like Baker, so like I I still kind of think Bucks are probably winning that division just based on that. Um but then there are teams Bears, in there. Packers, you know, you know, Kirk Cousins is the absolute middle of the NFL, yeah. right? So Then there are teams in there, right? Yeah, I'm looking at you Chargers 17 points against the Cowboys, Eagles 14 points against the Jets. Like there are teams in there with good offenses that did just have a bad week and yes they played good defenses that's part of it. Okay. So let's I gave you like my positive reasons for yep. why for why this could be happening. And I hope I'm right. I really do. But there is also a negative reason which goes which really is why I brought it up because of Goodell. That was actually my segue, and I fucked it up. <laughs> uh, but here we are, eight minutes later. Yeah, try again. It's all fine. Yeah. So going back to you know Goodell being a pussy and giving the players everything that they want is they have cut so much of the work out of OTAs. This is another reason that Belichick probably isn't succeeding is because it, he was probably just such a you know such a hard ass and made him work so hard, and now he can't do that anymore. And so like OTAs, training camp, you know, even what you can do during practice during the week. It's just like, like you can't get the reps the way you used to be able to. 
And like, yes, sometimes is there trained smarter, not harder? Yes. Sometimes there isn't. <laughs> like, yeah. Sometimes there's no replacement for it. And I think, again, we already saw, we've already seen the offenses not really be in sync the way that they probably should have been. Do I, and then, you know, by the time you get to November, December, it's colder, you know, like, you know, by the time they, they're getting more in sync, unless, you know, like that, that keeps scoring down in some, some stadiums too. So anyway, um, so I think it's something to, to for us to watch over the, over the coming weeks. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. And, uh, also just one more complaint with officiating real quick. And I don't know if it's a, a valid one, but it just so DK Metcalf, he says, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change the way I play. He took a took a 15 yard penalty in the Seahawks loss to the Bengals. He was it's hard to tell. I can't tell because I don't have enough angles to go with. I need more angles. All right. But, you know, if you saw DK Metcalf's block on Cam Taylor Britt for the Bengals, like it kind of looked like Cam Taylor Britt. You know, he looked like maybe a little bit of a flop, but on the other hand, that's easy for me to say because I wasn't getting shoved by a monster in DK Metcalf. Yeah, that's a big man. Um, I don't know, just the way he fell, it kind of looked like he planned it, but um, but he got shoved hard. But the thing is, so D, you know, I can't tell if it's before the whistle or after. Obviously, if it's after the whistle, you're stupid. Stop, yeah, you know, play. stop it. But he is a physical blocker, and I like that about him. Obviously, I like any receiver that's going to be physical and block, right? And I, and I like a receiver with some nastiness to him. Mike Evans, right? Like Mike Evans gets in in uh, Mark in Lattimore's face. Yeah, every every time he plays the Saints, he, he he was ejected. I think two or three consecutive years when he played the Saints. <laughs> I mean, I don't like. I think that's a little excessive. But like watching him just body Lattimore is fun. You know, like I like that. So from a receiver, you know what I mean. So so many of them are such prima donnas, and I understand he's big, but you know what I mean. Like that's why I love Cooper Cup because he's small and he'll block. You know what I mean. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so anyway, I just don't, I, you know, I, I need more angles on this one, but I think it's stupid that he's got, he's gotten criticized this week. Cause I don't think a lot of people know whether it was after the whistle or not. Cause there's just no, like without the all 22, there's no way to tell. Right. Like they show the clip, they show the clip downfield where it's, it's just zoomed in on him and people are like, Oh, you can't be doing this stuff. It, like, like, I don't care if it was quote unquote unnecessary, like, Part of football is you just wear you just wear a guy down, right? And, and uh, to tie this back to the beginning, Tom Brady signaled out this specific play when he was talking about oh, really? unnecessary roughness penalties uh, in his podcast. He's like, "Was it?" Uh, he's like, "I think he essentially said the same thing that you just did." So yeah, you guys are pretty similar. Uh, <laughs> can't believe you haven't won a Super Bowl before. Yeah, uh, right. But yeah, he was like, I "Could have." He said, "DK Metcalf." He's like, "Is that unnecessary roughness? It doesn't look unnecessary to me." He pushed a he pushed a defender to the ground. The defender could have pushed him too, but you know he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he chose to flop, and 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 again the the officials rewarded him. Again, we don't know for sure if it was after the whistle. Then of course, like, but it's just like, like oh, so you want him to let the def defender pursue the ball and then and then call him for a blindside block instead? You know when, when DK Metcalf runs after him and blocks him later, like why can't he just block him there? You know, so like. I can't tell, you know, and again, if the play was just about to end, but no, you're taught whistle to whistle. Okay. So it, it would like the only thing, uh, this is just a very small caveat is like he was, he was behind him and, and he, yeah, but he ran in front of him. He hit him in the front. Yeah. He like stepped in front of him. I think, it, but yeah, I mean, that, that's not a big deal. I, I'm just saying it was, it was just kind of a weird play. 
that the stepping in front of him and you know what that's and pushing that's, him that's makes, football karma too because again if the, if the whistle hadn't blown like that's football karma on Cam Taylor Britt because if you're not if you're not pursuing the ball no 100% and I I, I I'm admitting I sound soft when I'm saying that <laughs> and and just even you know bringing that to attention but I I do that because it just the way it the play looks like with him stepping back in front of him it makes it feel to me and and it seems to me that it is after the whistle but if it isn't you're 100 that's what i'm correct. saying like i can't tell and and and, the, and it is weird to watch a professional professional cornerback maybe not pursuing the play what i think i can't remember what happened on that particular play but maybe it was like a running back ran into the pile and it was obvious the play was about to be over i don't care if the whistle hadn't blown then the whistle then the play's not over right and if you're a wide receiver that can bully a corner and I'm your coach. I want you to bully that corner then, every single play. You know, maybe DK knows he's running a fade next time, and if he can, you know, knock the wind out of him, or or you yeah, know, have a dude, half a step. Exactly, or, exactly. It takes energy to get up off yeah. the ground. So like, so put, so so knock his dick in the dirt every time. Absolutely. So, and whatever. It, like again, obviously, if it's after the whistle, all of this is moot. But I just, I don't know. Again, give us the all twenty twos, please. Yeah, somebody. I, I need the all twenty twos. So um, you know. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna get our our red zone subscription because they're or I don't know if it's red. One of them, my stepfather has it. He has the the all twenty two, and I I keep forgetting what hmm. subscription he told me it was. All right, anyway, moving on from a guy, um, interesting hair, ear piercings in DK Metcalf to another guy who very interesting dude. That um, the more we learn about him, the more the more we both like him. Mike McDaniel, like guys, the this, man. It's like, I mean. Right off the top, it's just like he is the ultimate don't judge a book by its cover. Like, like what would you like if you just saw him walking around in street clothes? What would you guess he does? Accountant. <laughs> Accountant, right? Like, like a librarian. Like a no, like probably like a Wall Street bro. Uh, no, yeah, I guess he's got like a little bit of swag, right? But yeah, Wall Street like, bro. But not Patagonia, coach. like you know, vest. And true, true, true. R- Fair r- enough. Ripping the vape. He's got a little bit, yeah, a little bit of swag. Yeah. Um, but still, and like just listening to him talk, he's, he's like his voice is a little nasally. He doesn't exactly sound like a tough guy or anything. And he is so motivational. We, so you, you, you just showed me this Jeff Darlington piece. It was on ESPN. Yeah. Um, and it was just so cool. Like, I didn't even know this about him until you told me that he battled alcoholism. And, yeah, I had no idea either. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people would call him out for, like, oh, why did you do this piece? And, um, you know, like it, it look, it probably seems self promotional. It's like no, like that. That's that's inspirational for a lot of people that he turned his like. There was so much about it. He was uh, talking about that wild time when the when the it was the Redskins at the time mm-hmm. had. So he was on the coaching staff with offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan. You said it was a uh, quarterbacks coach Matt Lafleur, right? McVeigh was yeah. tight ends. McDaniel was the wide receivers coach. And then Chris Forster, who's currently the uh, O line and run game coordinator for the 49ers, he was their O line coach. Yeah, just stacked. It was stacked a stacked out. coaching staff, and uh, they were th- they were all together there on, in 2012, the Robert Griffin, the RG three year too. Um, and then they and then um, and it was 2013 that McDaniel got promoted to wide receivers coach, but he was already on the staff the year before. Um, but anyway, he, like he talks in that piece about like, you know, I was I was I was doing all or I was looking at all the things that weren't important. I was comparing myself to my peers and not feeling like I was doing as well as them. And um, man, it was just really relatable for a guy that's a head coach in the NFL. It was like 
you know, like, I mean, I think we've all been there where we're comparing ourselves to our peers and just feel shitty that we're not measuring up. Yeah, and, definitely. I mean, we, we, we probably, I think we all do that. Right. And to, so, so to tie it back to the alcoholism, he, he got fired when he was 25 from Gary Kubiak, uh, 2008 with the Texans. Mm-hmm. He, he showed up late a couple of times, uh, to, I guess Kubiak would call his, his office phone at 6 a.m. on the dot. And there was two, two times where, you know, he was like 45 minutes late and uh, Kubiak fired him. And he was like, you know, this is unacceptable. And he was out of the NFL for, I think it was 800. 856, because he had that on. 865, I think or, it was. Yeah, whatever it was. Over 800 days. And he has a note on his office, like right next to his computer with that. Just, uh, just handwritten those number of days. Just a super humble guy, it yeah. seems like. Humble and keep it like. Um, and just like, he obviously does like, does like a lot of reading and like self-reflection and like self-improvement yeah. stuff, you know, and that, that this quote would look like, like, you know, cause he kept saying like, like, oh man, it just gives me chills thinking about the day that I got hired to be the Dolphins head coach and everything. And, um, gave me chills when he said this. So he's driving in with Jeff Darlington at, at like two forty in, in the, the freaking morning. Yeah. Uh, driving into the stadium because he's, cause he just vowed, he made a promise to himself. I'll never be late again and all this, you know? So, um, and he, so he says at this time that you're like, you're chasing, you're chasing the best version of yourself. This part of the day is so unique because everything is in front of you, you know? And like, what I, good perspective? Yeah. I mean, like, it was, it was just like, like, that's cool. Like, and, and you know, just his delivery and everything. I don't know. It's just, and cool. he's like, like, he's just driving his car, just casually saying it like, yeah, I don't know, man. Just like, just a, he's like an unlikely badass, you know? No, I mean? he is. Like, he you is. know so I don't know. I'm I'm definitely a fan, and, and and it's just wild that you know to to look back on that coaching staff, and the the command the, the Redskins slash football team. God, that was that was the dumbest name ever. I think they were. I mean, was he trying to be like soccer? Because bad move in the United States. Sorry. Um, and then and now the Commanders. Which, by the way, if if you watch The Handmaid's Tale, like my wife and I are not a fan of the name the Commanders either. So. Uh, Handmaid's Tale, great show. Uh, watch it. So, um, noted. Yeah, definitely watch that. I mean, if you like dystopian, depressing shit, anyway, which I do. Um, so, but yeah. So, and then the uh, Commanders, they went with Ron Rivera. <laughs> so, yeah. After all that, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. So, uh, noted, uh, you know, newcomer to the to the organization, Magic Johnson, one of the new owners. Um, if you don't, are you familiar with his Twitter presence? Because it's hilarious. I've I've seen one where he. He ripped them after the Bears game. That's really all I remember. Okay, so uh, just in general, uh, Magic Johnson gives you the news. He's like a carrier pigeon. Like he's like he's very late with his news, and it's also just the most basic thing ever. <laughs> carrier pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm sure you didn't have that one on the uh, sellout sports bingo card. No, tonight. no, I, I like it too because Twitter. Because fuck it, I'm still calling it Twitter. I don't yeah, care, it and Twitter. it's it's a bird, and it's yeah. like. <laughs> It's like <laughs> if Twitter ever goes down, it's just gonna be like no, okay, we'll, 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 we'll call it the carrier pigeon. Instead. I didn't even connect those. Thank you, thank uh, you. Yeah, for yeah that. you know, I'm I'm brilliant. But um, I, I just I want to imagine what Magic Johnson would tweet if he had that coaching staff, like back in the day, and then he saw it go away because so when the Dodgers just lost, uh, he tweeted out this. Have you seen this one? He said, "We're disappointed that our Dodgers didn't hit or pitch well." That's why we lost the season, the series. Excuse me, to the Diamondbacks. It's like, okay, thank you, Magic. You, you. That's like uh, you didn't play baseball well, so you <laughs> didn't win 
the series against a team that played better than you. It's like uh, in dodgeball. <laughs> like, it looks like he's going to do it blindfolded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cotton, he won't be able to see very well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he should be. Yes, that is perfect. That is the perfect analogy. Wow, yeah, insightful as always. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, so we're talking Mike McDaniel, though. And so that's a good that's a good way to get into the Dolphins and the Eagles game coming up. Obviously, a big one for both teams for different reasons. Uh, after that Eagles performance, I hope it lights a fire under their ass because again, I like I grew up an Eagles fan, but the reason I like the Eagles is because of the style they play now, and they have a star offensive lineman, which is kind of hard to do. And uh, and Jason Kelsey deserves it. He's one of the best centers of all time. So um, this game is a wild card, man. I think as far as betting. Dolphins are getting two and a half. Yeah, I feel like I'd stay away from it because there's so many wild cards with the Eagles injuries right now. We're talking in the secondary. They just signed Bradley Roby to help, you know, to shore things up. Mm-hmm. But the secondary hasn't been playing well anyway. Um, Darius Slay is questionable um, or said unknown on the injury report, which is like kind of new to me. Um, but anyway, um, uh, Jalen Carter might not play. Uh, and then on offense, Lane Johnson. You know that the Dolphins' pass rush isn't like terrifying, but it's good. Yeah, they and they seem to like like we've mentioned it before, dial it up at certain times, and when they pick their times, it seems to usually work. Yeah, um, I don't. Know, I, th- I I do think yeah, and that defense seems to be rounding into form a little bit, and so you know Lane Johnson being out, you know, and and did Lane Johnson's injury have an impact on them in the Jets game? Is that you know is that part? I of think it certainly did. You know, did that was that part of the problem? And is that again to my point? Then why did you throw the ball forty-seven times or whatever it was? But anyway, um, so the Eagles are great against the run. I mean, great, not good, great, and that's a big part of what the Dolphins do. So, I, I kind of think the Eagles can pull this off, even with all the injuries in the secondary, because the other thing about it. And I think Jalen Carter, if Jalen Carter's healthy and, uh, you know, ready to go, he could be a big part of this because you can talk Tyreek Hill all you want. Um, but if you can get to his quarterback with four, you can neutralize Tyreek Hill. We've seen it. You know, I mean, like the, uh, you know, the Bucks against the Chiefs, that Super Bowl, you know, like it's not like it happens a lot. But who has the who has the template to do it? The Eagles. You know what I mean? So. I don't. I don't I, know. I, uh, you know. So I see it differently. Um, I see it as two has been getting the ball out when he's not throwing it downfield to Tyreek Hill, uh, exceptionally quick, right? Uh, with the with the motion and and everything like that. Um, it would be. In, it will be interesting to see if the uh, if the Eagles are able to kind of stuff the the Dolphins' running game. How will the passing game work? I think that's only happened once this season with the Dolphins and it happened against Buffalo, right? Well, and, and that's, that, that's kind of my point is like, okay, so what was the formula to beat the, the Dolphins is, you know, it was a lot of like just fierce pass rush and on the road in Buffalo, they'll be in Philly. And I, and I think that might be a factor here. It could be. And um, it's also like, who has the, who have, excuse me, who have the Dolphins played this year besides the bills and the bills aren't looking like world beaters at this time. I mean, you look at their wins, uh, the Do- Miami's that is they beat the chargers by two. We just saw the chargers. I I'm not, I'm not, you know, done on the chargers. I'm not burying them, but I, they, they haven't impressed me. Um, <laughs> they beat the Patriots 
They beat the Dolphins. I mean, excuse me, they beat the Broncos, lost to the Bills, and then they just barely, or no, excuse me, they beat the Giants, and then they were down to the Panthers and then, you know, blew them out. It's eventually. true. So yeah, it's they, like, their strength of schedule hasn't been overwhelming, yeah. So Their best I, win I, is the Chargers. Yeah. yeah, and I think they've been, you know, tested once, like you said, at Buffalo on the road, and, and that didn't go well. So I I think they'll come out hungry, and I think they'll. I think the Dolphins will get this done. I think it'll be a great game, though. Yeah, this is an interesting stat, though. So, like, there's been a lot made of Tyreek Hill's only 186 yards from 1,000 after six weeks. Obviously, on, you know, he's on pace to set the NFL record, so on and so forth. Um, so, just curious. Do you have any idea who's second in yards for the Dolphins and any idea what that number might be? I haven't watched the uh, Dolphins, like, ex- exclusively. I've been watching a lot of Red Zone on Sundays, and uh, I've seen, like, a decent amount of Braxton Berrio. So, you said so. Tyreek's at what, like eight sixteen or, or eight, something? Eight fourteen. Yeah. Eight fourteen. I'm gonna go Braxton Berrios with like four eighty. Nope, it's not Berrios, and it's and, not. It's probably not Waddle. Way lower. No, it's Waddle. Is it Waddle? It's Waddle, and it's way lower. Two ninety. Two ninety six. Yeah, That's I mean, I think Waddle missed a and and Waddle missed, missed a, game. a game. Yeah, Waddle missed a game, but it is kind of crazy. But even the, so, the distribution I mean, is it, yeah, again, it, it's more. It, it, I'm telling you, like just because the yards. But I think it's okay. The, so the, it, the running game is more. It's a large what these discrepancy, guys are about. exactly. But yeah, so you had obviously Achan. Um, obviously, he's hurt. Mostert got Jeff Wilson coming back now. Um, I do hope Achan's back soon because like he just obviously added a fun element to that offense. Uh, uh, early reports are he'll be back after four weeks. Should be good to go week eleven. Uh, obviously things can change, but but he he's got to come back on a lighter workload too. Like I don't know. Do you think so though? I mean, twelve touches is too much for him. You think? I, I mean, it's just or you just got to pick your spots or something. I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah. If you have a, you know. What are you gonna do if you have a Ferrari? You're gonna leave it in the garage? Like I, 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 I mean, think it's twelve tough, touches right around the right around the mark. I I I don't recall where he got injured, um, but it's a knee injury, right? So, I mean, those things happen. Obviously, non-contact too. Um, I don't know if it's a wear and wear and tear issue. I think it's just kind of the nature of of playing in the NFL. Sometimes you're gonna get hurt. I don't think 12, 12 to. I think if he was more at twenty to twenty-two touches, I'd I'd be with you. Um, I mean, he's probably, I hate to say it, he's probably just going to get hurt again. He's just so small. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, it, like, you know, maybe it's not a wear and tear thing. It, you know, it's just a, it's a chance thing. But when you're that small, the chances are, are higher. You know yeah, what I mean? I and I'm not, wi- I'm not wishing it on him. On, no, in no, the of least, course not. You know, but I, but I do think it is just likely to happen again with him, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, as far as uh, until we have more information on the injuries and we know who's playing, I, I just wouldn't touch the Eagles and Dolphins game. I yeah. think that one's too hard to call. Um, but, you know, if I it, it, gun to my head right now, I have to pick. I'm actually taking the Eagles minus two and a half because I think they will be able to shut down that running game and their pass. You know, again, no Teron Armstead. It's Kendall Lamb at left tackle against the Eagles, you know, pass rushers. So, you know. Yeah, if I had to, if I had to choose, I'd I'd fade you. I think I would go Dolphins. All right, um, all right. So this one, you know, this one might be uh, up for debate for us too. You know, Lamar last week, he had moments of greatness. You know, like I I posted one, like just unbelievable escapability to get that first down end of the third quarter against the Titans, and uh, didn't end up, didn't really prove to be the backbreaker because they got one of six field goals on the day. 
only extended their lead to 21-13. At the time, I was like, oh, they're going to score, and and this is going to pretty much put the game away. Didn't didn't really turn out that way, and the Titans more beat themselves. Yeah. You know, I mean, Malik Which has was, been the, oh, yeah. my God, Malik Willis. can. How is he on an NFL field? The amount, I think, I think there were six instances where there should have been running clock. I, I, they got bailed out, I know, at least twice. It might have been three times on penalties where he took they, a sack. They did, yeah. Or or stayed in bounds. On one, one was a rush where he stayed in bounds, where he could have stepped out on the sideline. Um, I know it was two. It might have been three. And I believe there were six total instances where they're trying to orchestrate points quickly. And... I think Vrabel ended up just kicking the field goal, right? Because they're like, he was like, screw this. Like we can't, because they needed two scores anyway. Well, they bat, yeah, they backed up so far. They, they were, they were inside the five and then penalties pushed him back to like the 20, 25. And he's and like, Malik yeah, like, wasn't getting out of bounds. So. Yeah. And so he was like, yeah, you're, you're literally going to run out the entire clock. I think it was third like, down when he kicked the field goal. It so was like, third down. Yeah. yeah. And so that, <laughs> that, that whole sequence was brutal because they, they really had a chance to score before the two minute warning. They and, did. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Like or, or right after, and, it, it, and they the kicked the field least. goal with without looking at it like forty five seconds, something. Along uh, I think those it was lines. like one ten, but either way, like okay. a ton of time had come off the yeah. clock. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, but when it comes to Lamar, you know, we debated tier two, tier three. You know, what the hell does tier two and tier three even mean? You know, we're <laughs> we have we have various definitions, but kicking six field goals, man. Uh, like, all right. We've got the London factor, right? You know, it's it's kind of a yeah, but you know, but I do think the clock is ticking on, you know, how long is it really going to take for Lamar to click? You know what I mean? Like I like the escapability, yeah, I mean, the athleticism. It's fun to watch. I I have I I I kind of like him as a as a personality. I mean, I might say tier three quarterback, but you know, his uh, some of his comments on Twitter are tier one for sure. This is one of the the boy. I don't give a fuck about your parlay or or give a damn is what he's sorry. Yeah, it was out of boy. I don't give a damn about your parlay or fantasies. I'm trying to win. <laughs> I, I mean, I just love that because, like, dude, yeah, they don't care about your fantasy team, not even a little bit. No, I respect that so, too. Um, Lamar's a funny, funny Twitter follow. He, uh, I think he got in some hot waters last year. He, I think he was. Uh, I don't know. I think it, something was interpreted as homophobic that I think was on the line, but I don't think he really meant it that yeah, way. Yeah, and it like, was like after a loss, and he was. It's just like if you know, don't go on Twitter right after a loss. But yeah, it's yeah. easier said than done. And I and I really don't think he. Yeah, I I, I didn't really. If I remember correctly, I didn't get like a like oh he's a piece of shit vibe out of it, and I'll call a guy out for being a piece of shit. So yeah. let's not overreact to, you know, one comment, right? So, um, so hopefully we're right. right? <laughs> hopefully we're right about him. I'm sure it'll come out eventually if we're not. But anyway, um, so I don't know. I, I you know the it, we we see another time another opportunity for Lamar to prove he can be an elite passer elite quarterback and this is this is a, I mean it's at home against the Lions this is a and it turns out is a marquee game against against gunslinger Jared Goff right he yeah like, what a, what a world we're living what in what did he chuck the ball i think it was 50 passes last week or it was yeah good. i mean there was no David Montgomery or uh or Jameer Gibbs so it was uh by default it was going to be on Jared Goff's arm and uh yeah i mean Goff is has looked good. Uh, obviously, he's got Amon Ra there. Uh, 
I mean, Khalif. I mean, you know, they 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 finally they got the creative ways. Khalif yeah. Raymond. They got the uh, who's the tight end out of Iowa? Um, oh yeah, Sam Laporta. Laporta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, I think he's like on like record pace for a rookie tight end or something. Like pretty. pretty he was, he was doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all that said, you know, like it looks like Gibbs comes back this week. He's qu- he's questionable, but it sounds like he's tracking to come back for this game. And I like that because I, I I don't want the Lions to lose their identity. Like, yeah, every once in a while, that's game flow, and you, you just have to chuck it. You know, that, that happens. Even, you know, they were winning most of the game, and it was a low-scoring 20-6. to six, That's how they won. Um, No, but, I you know, I would definitely like them to stick with the, the hard-nosed identity, so I hope they don't go – because, again, but don't, that's don't more, ask Jared Goff to do too much. Though. I hear you, but that's more David Montgomery. That's what he was brought in to do, and he looks like he's out. Um, Gibbs is kind of in the H-chan mold, right? Like the explosive. Uh, you probably do want to limit his touches just a tad as well. You you probably don't want to be handing well, it yeah, off but, uh, 25 I, times. I don't actually too. know like who who else is in that backfield with him right Craig now. Craig Reynolds, I believe. So it is going to be Gibbs. But, I th- I, but based off of what we've seen from Dan Campbell, I think Craig Reynolds will probably get 10 carries. 10 to 12 carries. And they're going to be all inside, especially if. And I think I yeah. think you know Gibbs will get ten to twelve, and most of them will be outside handoffs or pitches, plus five touches in the passing yeah, game, probably. Exactly. And, um, you know, but on the road, if they're smart, yeah, like don't go away from the running game, please. No, I agree. You know? Um, so yeah, and that you know, as crazy as it is to say this, this this sounds crazy to say out loud. I I trust Dan Campbell and the Lions to do the right thing. It's a big game for. Uh, we kind of talked about this. <laughs> that is kind of funny, right? To, to yeah. Hear. Um, we we talked about you know the Dolphins uh, not really playing anybody. Neither of these teams have it. This is a big game for both of them. I think this is going to be a measuring stick game for both of them. Yeah, th- it is. It is a big game for for both of them. And I, and I I just I don't know. I don't know when we finally say it's over. Uh, uh, not over on Lamar, but like you know when when is it like okay you know maybe maybe he's just a uh, yeah a tier three better than middle of the pack, but. You know, I guess that's where tier three is, you know? Yeah. It's like you would definitely take him I'm on giving your team. It, I'm giving it a couple more weeks. Yeah, for sure. But this is this is an important game. And if and if he looks bad, I, I don't know. We might start thinking about, you know, the Ravens' future plans, I guess. I don't know. At least by the end of this season, right? Um, All right. Uh, Chargers and Chiefs. Uh, you know, again, we've, we, we said it. The Chargers have not wowed us. Uh, the Chargers have made me look bad because they were kind of like my dark horse Super Bowl candidate. I thought they were going to finally break through in the AFC. And uh, damn, I feel bad. Uh, you know, it, I, I'm really big on giving credit, and I don't remember who said it, but um, it was a t- it was a tweet, and I forgot to write down who said it. But it, it, Justin Herbert is he is a fantasy dream, and he's a organizational mirage. I was like, that is poetry. Wow. Um, and I think it describes it perfectly. The guy just doesn't win, you know, just doesn't find ways and then finds way to, you know, how much is that as Brandon Staley, you know, <laughs> keep kind of coming. It always seems to keep coming back to him. Right. But kind of like the Justin Fields thing to a certain degree, like, okay, you know, okay. But when Justin Herbert does well, it's like, wow, Justin Herbert's amazing. It's, like, it's so, so the coaching staff doesn't get any credit for that. I think that's, I think that's a little silly too. So, um, you know who Justin Herbert is right now at this point in his career? Mm. Philip Rivers. Mm, interesting. 
like a more more athletic for yeah like whoever's, yeah guess. not like you know i'm i'm just talking end of well if he's philip rivers then he's kind of i mean like that herbert rivers ryan cousins again fantasy dream or organizational mirage right yeah i mean so okay who'd you just rattle off so philip rivers afc championship game Matt Ryan, Super Bowl. Choked. Kirk Cousins has... Nothing. Divisional round wins, maybe? I no, don't no, he hasn't made an, AFC, an NFC championship Has game. he not? No, okay. Maybe, so maybe a wild, wild card, win? card win? I don't even know. Yeah, probably like not during prime time, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe in a one o'clock game. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh, Herbert, who's obviously still pretty, pretty young, year three or four. Um, so books obviously still out on him as it is kind of Kirk Cousins ish. Uh, but no, the books not. Out on <laughs> he is he is a bum. He's a fan. He is he will take you to a fantasy championship for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. It. I I think Kirk Cousins, or excuse me, Kirk Cousins. Justin Herbert's downfall is how great he was year one and how high the expectations were off of his rookie campaign because you're looking for that year two jump in it. It didn't necessarily happen. Um, and then year two to year three was kind of similar. So I think he's kind of like uh, plateaued. And people are like, oh, we're not seeing progression. Obviously, you want to see progression, but he's still at a very high level. Obviously, you need to take care of the football a little bit better. We saw that Monday night with the game ceiling interception. Uh, are there things he has to work on? Absolutely. Would I still want him above two-thirds of the quarterbacks in the NFL, yes. Oh, yeah. Above two-thirds, yeah. Absolutely, because another great point is if you switch things... Yeah, Herbert went six to the Chargers, right? I and believe so, yeah. So if you switch things around, how are things going, right? And to be fair, you know, McDaniel got pissed about it. It's another thing that we enjoyed. He's like, was like I'm about to flip this podium. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and he's, he's like, who... I don't. I don't give an f about about that ab- about Tua being a system quarterback. They, yeah, they said they said there's a lot. Of, there are plenty of other quarterbacks that can do what Tua is doing right now, and and then you wonder like, okay, what would what would Herbert be doing in this situation? And my answer is I don't really know. Right. You know. Um, yeah, it's I, tough. I to... don't. I don't know if he would protect the. Uh, t- you know, Tua's made mistakes this year. He's had a, a few bad turnovers. A few. You know. Um. So I. You know. I don't know if. If Herbert has the has the protect the football gene either, you know what I mean, right? Um, and you know what, you know who's who's the next Justin Herbert, Drake May. Like I think that's what I think he's gonna wow you with stats and everything. I don't think he's gonna win. I think that's you know. So I don't think he's he's gonna be considered a bust because I don't think anyone's ever gonna call Justin Herbert a bust either. But I don't think he's gonna be a big time winner either. That's I, I think that's where we're, what we're looking at. Caleb Williams has the higher ceiling in terms of wins. That's you know what I mean. Um, speaking of Caleb Williams, um, so Caleb Williams, uh, <laughs> there's, there's talk out there. There's rumblings that he is going to seek a stake of ownership in the team that drafts him. It's, it's, a obviously it's a radical proposal that we haven't really heard before. I mean, I mean, we haven't even heard this from an NBA player yet, right? Like, um, I, I don't believe this has happened yet. So no, I've never heard of it. Um, and it, 
aren't there like rules against this stuff or something uh, like I'm that? I'm sure. I mean, well, well, Tom Brady would wouldn't have been able to. That was the narrative this off season, which is bizarre to me. I don't get why you couldn't play for a team that you owned, but okay. Like, is there like what's the conflict of interest there? I don't really get it. I th- well, I think the narrative. I think the discussion was Jerry Jones would suit up, right? <laughs> you know, you'd get you'd get delusional <laughs> owners that would try to suit up and and play in the NFL and and probably die on that field. Was that like a okay, was that like a legitimate narrative though? I don't know. It's it's a funny one to think about regardless. I mean, I'm pretty sure Jerry never mind. I'm not going to go there. Um <laughs> you know, so I don't know, Mike, how do you feel about this? What do you what do you think? Um I didn't really I didn't know how to feel and then I heard Michael Lombardi who I respect a lot, one of the um you know, former Patriots coach, but he's been all around um very trusted football voice in in my opinion um i heard him say you know nobody wants to take a guy who has a list of demands before he plays a snap that uh, that's obviously also alluding to the report that Caleb Williams only wants to play for five teams or he'll he'll come back for another year um he also called it ridiculous and that it would never happen um i, I don't know I, I think he just needs to focus it's if if it's true, it's a very bad time for it to come out. Well, okay. To that, okay. O- so off the Notre Dame game, obviously, and and not looking good against Arizona either. I yeah, mean, I think he just needs to focus on putting better film out. Um, we we talked about it last week. Is he even the consensus number one? Um, I, I know you say he still is, but if he plays in Oh no, I don't say consensus. I I say or, he's my pick. Okay, but. yeah, okay, fair enough. But I think if he throws another stinker against Utah, I think there's some serious red flags and I think there should already be red flags. You have two bad games in a row. I mean, a college football season isn't that long. Two bad games is about a sixth of your season. Again, you look at the track record for small quarterbacks right now as much as, you know, I don't like it. And again, but. you look at and you also look at Lincoln Riley products, yeah. right? Lincoln Riley products, small quarter I mean, Wilson without, you know, without Pete Carroll, right? So you got Wilson without Pete Carroll. You've got um you've got Kyler Murray. Now you've got Bryce Young. Too early to say, but you Baker's know Baker's kind is Baker Baker's you, on the smaller side. I think he's six foot. Okay. Um so with all that, you know, I mean, I mean are we leaving anybody out really? I'm not sure. Modern day? You know, yeah, like like recent right now. I mean, I guess I guess Tua is not that big. No, either. Tua isn't big. That um, was his biggest. That was his biggest thing. Injury um, concerns. Right, right. So, um, and I think you know you bring up a good point. It's not a good time for it. I also I'm I'm not a fan of the. I'm only going to go to these five teams. That's not how a draft works. No. Um, smaller market teams, teams that. You know, it's funny. It was actually an NHL draft thing. Um, it was a again. I need to give credit. I can't remember, but I saw a tweet that, and it's, I'm sure it's other people that proposed it, where they just don't have a draft and they let all the all the players coming into the league decide where they're going to go. And it's like, hey, come on, man! Like, like everybody's gonna, everyone's gonna choose to go to the coasts or something like that if they can. That the argument is that oh, everybody would try to improve their situation. Like everybody would try to be a place you want to play, right? So they improve their facilities. They improve. Okay, their so everyone, so everyone does that. And now you're on an equal playing field, and now you have a choice to go to, to go somewhere with uh, without income tax or with, right? <laughs> like you know. So I mean, th- there's still ways that you can't compete, right? So just like that's why I hate guys forcing their way out after they sign the contract in the NBA. 
same thing here. Like, like, sorry, if you want to play in the league, yeah, there needs to be competitive balance. And that's one of the best things that the NFL has had going for what three decades now is, is parody. And like, no, no say, you know, there's always new teams in the playoffs. Everybody has hope. The freaking Jaguars are a contender right now. You know, like, I mean, nobody would go play there right now between ownership no. facilities, fan base, like nobody would go to Jacksonville, but they have Trevor Lawrence. So oh, they might go to London, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, um, so I don't think that's, that should ever be considered. So I don't like Caleb Williams saying, oh, there's only five teams I'd want to go to. Now, that being said, he has every right if he looks at the top five teams and says, okay, I don't want to go. I don't want to come out this year. Cool. But if you enter the draft, it's done. Yeah. You, you, you entered the draft. That's it. Like you just you decided your NFL career starts now and whoever takes you takes you. That's it. And like, I, I'm not a fan of. I know, I know there's um, in the NBA, you can you can declare for the draft and then you can you can back out i'm not sure if that's college football which you, i don't, you might be able to now as well in college football um, but somebody like caleb williams would never do that i think you can hire an agent i don't okay. know if that means declaring for the draft i think you can hire an agent and then back out yeah i think that is correct which makes sense with nil and all that yeah, too. yeah. um but i'd have to double check that uh anyway the other element that you mentioned though that i do like we we can we can talk about Caleb Williams making demands and not really having the leverage to do it right now, but I like the concept in theory of a player getting ownership as he comes into the league, especially a black player, because we can talk we can talk about all these superficial solutions like the Rooney Rule. You know what I mean? It's like these we're really big on these superficial solutions that that shut up all the people that are complaining but don't actually solve anything, don't do anything pragmatic. And that's what the Rooney Rule is. Like, what has the Rooney Rule really accomplished? Other than, you know, I mean, Brian Flores' farce interview. And you know what I mean? This gives black players a chance to gain generational wealth and and then move up into, if they're in ownership, that means there's they're probably going to do something to affect change in terms of general manager. And then general managers are going to do something to affect change in terms of coaching. Because there is, obviously, a massive gulf I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, what is the NFL? 80 percent black at this point? 70, 80 percent? I think it's around seventy. It's, yeah. a, it's somewhere in that range, and and we're talking. I mean, how many black head coaches do we have? Right? Two or three? Two or three, and one of them is Mike Tomlin, who's been around forever. Right. So, so I like the idea. I like that this is an outside the box solution, and I also don't know if it's really coming from Caleb Williams. Think about how many people are in his ear right now. I mean, we've seen the. The movies and so you know what I mean. Like, have you seen He Got Game? You know, yeah, like, yeah. Stuff like, like he's he's twenty one years old, man. Like you're twenty six now, right? Yeah. And I think you got a good head on your shoulders, you know. But like, like you were an idiot when you were twenty one, guaranteed. I was uh, an idiot 100%. when I was twenty one. We all were. Like, no, I get it. I'm not saying he's like this egotistical guy. I just I would like it to come from like a generational talent. I guess, and I don't see that. But like, it's just like when the okay, but it's just like when the contracts come up, right? It's like is um, who just got the is it Burrow right now that has the highest quarterback Burrow contract? Does, yeah. But for a little while it was somebody else, and we were like, he, no, he's not the best quarterback in the league. But he, but his, but his time came up. I'm trying right. to remember who it was, but right. you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, you know, his time came up, 
and he was and he was a free agent or he was due to be a free agent at the right time or he was due to get a new contract. Oh, Herbert. It was Herbert. It was I Herbert. think for a little yeah, while. Yeah, because it was yeah. it went Lamar, Herbert, yeah. Burrow. And neither one of Mahomes. them were the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Right. And then and then Mahomes did get finally get his money, right? His his more money. Um so I get what you're saying, but sometimes it's also just a timing thing. And maybe it is finally maybe time. It's that time. Maybe okay. it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I respect that. Um and so I like this idea in theory. Okay, because I don't want the superficial solution. I don't want the, oh, we have arrows in the in the aisles during COVID, so people will know which which way to go down. That's this fucking stupid. It was so dumb. You know what I mean? All these there, there were literally kids. I was a wrestling coach at the time, and there were literally kids had to wear masks while they wrestled. Are you like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It doesn't make any sense. They're sweating on each other. So superficial solutions, nothing pragmatic. I think that that's what the Rooney rule is too. That's my that's my analogy, okay? Anyway, um so I like I like the idea in theory. Now that being said, there's another there's another black quarterback who's talked about owning a owning a franchise and you know I'm not a fan of him. And so Patrick Mahomes, you have expressed interest in buying an NFL team and if you turn this into the NBA, I will never fucking forgive you, okay? If you do this like if you push player empowerment even like over the top, like the NBA, just just stop. You know what I mean? Like, like because the owners are really in control. We already talked about this with Goodell, right? He, he's a puppet. So the owners are in control. And if Mahomes is a majority owner of a team, and, because, and I imagine he'd be an influential one. Like, if he takes Jerry Jones's place as the one, that, Robert Kraft, as the owner that everybody listens to, that's great that a black owner, you know, if that happens, right? Or if even Magic Johnson, right? If a black owner has that kind of influence, but if you turn it into the NBA, like I will, I don't think he's. I, I, think I will take out my flamethrower. Let's just say, like I will light the entire NFL. You're gonna go scorch, scorch I'm, Earth. I'm gonna scorch the Earth. Yes. Uh, okay, but I don't think that's gonna happen, man. Like I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes will never own a team, but I don't think he's gonna turn it into the NBA. I don't think you have to worry about that. I mean, okay. Well, you already you shat on all my happiness that the NFL wasn't moving that direction. So now I'm back to, you know, maybe things are. Yeah, I know. I need to calm you down. I need to love you out. That's all. That's all I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all that talk about Caleb Williams. It's uh, let's, you know, you bring up a good point. This is a chance. They're at home against Utah, but this is a chance to get that, you know, get that train back on the tracks. Of they need to. He's number one, right? And uh, He needs to. I mean, I mean. For what it's worth, USC still leads leads the Pac-12. So um, yeah, not for long. Uh, with that, probably not with that schedule. I mean, I think that could probably change this week. But I don't. I keep going back and forth on but this. But there's one. still a. But see, that's the thing, right? If he does, there's still a path to the Heisman for him too, right? I mean, if he if he runs this gauntlet and then wins, wins the Pac-12, gets them into the playoff, there's there's still a path to the to the Heisman for him. There is a path. Um, if he turns this around, and he's and obviously it's got to start right here. It has to start right here in a magnificent way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he. I think they have USC has both Oregon and Washington, I believe, still on their schedule. So yeah, I mean, if it's if it's Penix and and Caleb Williams down the road, you know, and yeah, they win the Pac-12, and and Williams outplays Penix, who's you know, if they're still undefeated, Washington. Yeah, I mean, that's going to go a long way. Um, huge if but like that if, Caleb, if Caleb Williams clears up I mean just think about it though like they did hang with Notre Dame in, the game was closer than the score 
And Caleb Williams, if he cleans up a couple of the turnovers, and you know, honestly, Notre Dame is a Division One offense. It's a, it's a legit Division One offense, and uh, the, Notre Dame's offense didn't actually do that much against them. You know what I mean? Like again, I know the score was it was forty eight twenty by the end of it, but for a lot of that game, it was close. They were in it. Maybe USC's defense was starting to find some things. They, you know, and, and again, I, I I put a little bit of that on on Hartman and Notre Dame's offense. I still think their offensive line has issues. I don't know. It's just like it's it just, just doesn't still... seem. It doesn't seem like the same Caleb Williams as last year. It's easy to say, but uh, he has four interceptions through seven games. He only threw five picks in fourteen games last year. He's not taking care of the ball the same way. The defense still is atrocious. Uh, Utah's offense obviously hasn't been great. Uh, but their defense has been, um, you know, de- they've picked off seven seven passes this year so far. Um, ninth in yards allowed per game, Utah is. Fourth lowest completion percentage allowed at 52.9. Uh, Caleb's just under 70%. So, I mean, they make it tough to, you know, throw the ball on them. Um, and with what Caleb Williams has shown recently and in, in the past two weeks, I think I'm I think I'm leaving Utah here, which I would not have been. I mean, they played two two games last year, two great games last year against one another. But um going into this year, I, I really thought it would be USC's to lose, but I'm just that defense is atrocious and Caleb Williams isn't playing great right now. Uh can things change? Yes, but I'm not sold. You know, um you know, to that point though, like Utah really hasn't played anybody either. No, I mean, they, I mean, other than other than UCLA, well, Oregon State, no, Oregon State really, like like UCLA, whatever, and that was fourteen seven game. They obviously have a very good defense. I just, but that's that's shutting down a Chip Kelly offense too. You know what I mean? Um, true, true. You know, like yeah, the de- the defense did play. I watched a good deal of that game, and it was hard. It was hard nosed football. It was fun to watch. Um, and then they lost twenty one to seven Oregon State. Um, yeah, if they, you know, if they can keep this game low scoring, totally. It's just, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting one that I definitely want to watch. I want to see what happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm getting my popcorn ready to see how Caleb Williams responds to these last two weeks. Yeah. And it's kind of, uh, it's, it's like a great college football weekend in whole. Cause that game starts, that's like the late game. It starts at eight. We we're starting at noon with uh seven Penn state at three Ohio state. Uh, you mentioned, Teams that haven't played anybody, hello, Penn State. Uh, <laughs> they definitely haven't played. Anybody. Coming off a resounding sixty-three to zero win over <laughs> over UMass, Un- University of Massachusetts Amherst, my, my, baby. My wife's uh, alma mater. She, she's a minute woman, huh? <laughs> How dare? Excuse me, not on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing she doesn't listen. All right. I uh, mean, I, I mean, I wish, right? <laughs> Make like a lot easier. Um, anyway, they've also played more like never, more like never woman probably. <laughs> I, I mean, more like fake it woman. I, anyway, jeez. Um, uh, yeah, Penn State's also played like Delaware. Uh, so yeah, they're out, their conference games are against. They're like knocking down you know Northwestern FCS Illinois. juggernauts. Yeah, uh, yeah. So <laughs> it's you know they haven't played anybody. Ohio State, obviously, the win over Notre Dame. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they just played Purdue. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, the, I think the key here is Ohio State's really banged up. Uh, they were last week. 
It doesn't matter against Purdue. Does it matter against one of the top defenses in the nation? It might. Uh, all three running backs, we don't know if, if they're going to play. Uh, Trayvon Henderson hasn't played in a couple weeks. Chip Trainum has been kind of the guy that's carried the load. He's banged up. And Mayan Williams, all questionable to play. Not sure if they're going to play. Uh, Egbuka, uh, I believe is how you pronounce it. He, uh, the number two wide receiver. Uh, opposite Marvin Harrison. Number two receiver, but projected first round. Yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah, like, wide receiver U, Ohio State University re- recently. Uh, he's been banged up as well, so it's, you know, a lot, missing a lot of weapons. Kyle McCord, you know, I think, you know, people that have listened have heard that I'm not necessarily sold on him. Uh, I think his arm talent isn't all the way there, and uh, he can he can make some bad decisions from time to time. Uh, but... With all that said, it just feels like a Marvin Harrison game for me. It just feels like big stage against a, you know a tough opponent. Um, he was banged up in that Notre Dame game. I think he's just going to go off. I think he'll get like over 150 yards and a touchdown, probably like around 10 catches. I mean, he had a good week against Purdue last week, so he might be rounding into form, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He did have a good game against Purdue, but anybody that isn't around corn didn't care about that game right um you say that like we're not a bunch of hillbillies like, <laughs> <laughs> like here in vermont we're gonna pick on you and purdue <laughs> like, <laughs> i've been told the midwest is is pretty different um have, but, you, have you driven across the midwest i, no, I, I have dude I've, nebraska is brutal because it's just so Nebraska and Iowa, it was brutal. Just all, it's all just flat corn, right? Like, well, it's just like demoralizing. You get like a little bit of a boost when you enter a new state, and obviously when you drive into a city, and Nebraska and Iowa don't have those. And, okay, so and they're really long. It's like, the Pennsylvania effect for me. Like when when you're going south and you 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 know coming from, when I was from New Hampshire, like I, I literally would go, get into Massachusetts in five minutes, get through Massachusetts. Rhode Island, Connecticut, bang, 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 and then Pennsylvania for like eight hours. You're that's like, that's the grind. Yeah, yeah. 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 So okay, because you're going diagonal yeah. across Pennsylvania. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So yeah, that uh, Nebraska and Iowa were like the like. All right, this is where the where the rubber meets the road. I guess you know. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. But um, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. might get back into the Heisman conversation this week. Brock Bowers is out you know, for four to six weeks with the ankle, yeah, which sucks. Yeah. Um, so he's, I think Marvin's the, the non wide non quarterback hope that, uh, that you're wishing for Tori. Um, he, he has a pass. Can I get it? Can I get a running back though? Can I get a defensive player? I need a defensive player to get on the, get on the radar. You know, I hear you. Well, Marvin's got a path with this this game. I mean, it's your vote, man. I'm just saying, I want somebody to get on the radar. That's all. And then with Michigan, obviously, to close out the regular season, you know, if he has two really good games and he continues to do, you know, stack up the the stats against uh, uh, inferior competition, uh, he's he's going to be in the conversation. I think. Um, I see it as a, this this game though, defensive battle. Uh, that that I think Ohio State edges probably. I don't know, 27-17. That's what I got. All right, I like Ohio State at home. That's all right, because I'm a little higher on McCord than you are, so I, I think uh, I think, I think they're going to be okay. All right, we got one more. So uh, Tennessee at Alabama. I, I feel like Tennessee coming into Alabama, no shot. You say, you know, this is what, third Saturday in October. Third it's, Saturday uh, in October. It's a, you know, it's a big game. You never know what's going to happen in the SEC, but uh, Milrose, you know, look, you know, 
I don't know. He he uh he had a big game two weeks ago. Went you know went for over three hundred. Kind of started to look like he you know was developing a bit of a deep ball and everything like that. He has um, the deep ball. It's just he doesn't have anything else. Yeah. Um. Other than his legs, right? Right. Um. But yeah. Then so ten ten of twenty one two two thirty eight against Arkansas. They they got up big against Arkansas too, and then just let off the gas. So it, it could be the same kind of thing where maybe they let Tennessee back into a game. I just I don't know your thoughts. Yeah, I think Nick Saban's gonna be have the boys ready. Uh, they lost this game last year for the first time in forever, um, and it's at Bama. I think uh, you know Tennessee's Tennessee's running back Jalen Wright. He had a good game against A and M last week, under thirty six yards. Uh, seems to be trending in the right direction, but Joe Milton just hasn't been the guy this year for for the Vols. The guy that can literally almost throw the ball 100 yards, yeah. only throws for 100 yeah, yards. Yeah, only threw for 100 yards last week, and that's just not going to get it done against Bama. Um, you know, we, we talk about Milrow being inefficient, but, you know, last week, 10 to 21, not good. 238, like you said. I think even if he's inefficient they have something that Tennessee doesn't have, which is that deep play threat. And I like Bama's defense more than I like Tennessee's defense. And uh, Nick Saban revenge off of last year, I think everything's just pointing towards Bama. Yeah, well, didn't Saban have a, a quote this week? Was I, I don't... I don't just want to win the game. I want our guys to. What was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we can learn how to beat the other team, not just win the game, but beat the other team. Saban said that. That sounds like uh, yeah. everything's going to be. You know, there's not going to be any rat poison in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama this week. I think they're going it, to. It's not rat poison against Tennessee. What am I saying? That's a you know, it's a storied rivalry. But uh, they're they're going to be ready to go, and I think Bama gets gets back on the right side of this rivalry. Um, and I that's. That's kind of the key, and I mean, they win this. They're they're sitting pretty to go back to the SEC championship. Yep. Obviously, they still have to get take care of business, and you know, we were writing. Some of us were writing Bama off. But if they but if they win the SEC, one. you can't not let the SEC champion and, into the and, playoff. And they've they've yes, they've played around with inferior opponents, but they've gotten it done, which is at the end of the day all that matters. If you're beating ranked teams week in and week out, when when you're not playing the you know, the FCSs or the, the Vanderbilts. Yeah, we're at that stage where it's just like, okay, who's going to get hot down the stretch, yep, right? Like exactly. It's, so, it, um, and it could be Milrow, right? It could be one of those guys. Um, yeah, I say 41-20 Bama. That's mine. 35-24. Okay. I mean, we say this like we did predictions on all the games. Maybe <laughs> we should start that. I don't know. That's a, Again, that's a feedback thing, fans. All right, um, if, if you guys care, literally the day, what was it, the night before we started the podcast, I said, I said, no Kelsey, no Jones, Lions are going to win 24 to 20, and they almost kicked the field yeah. goal on that last drive. I was like, damn it. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, well, that's our show as far as the sports go. As you guys know, we celebrate every day. Every day is an important day in history. Every day is a holiday. And so let's get started with October 20th. Which, will, which is now, because it's 2 a.m. on October 20th. It's just how we do it on Sell Out Sports. Selling out for you, baby. That's what we do. Um, and you put information overload day. Is that, Did you put that one on here for me? Because I had 47 tabs open every day at work? <laughs> or is it? Yeah, no, I think it's just uh, it's very easy to get overloaded uh, when it comes to stuff like that, work tabs. And 
um, even sports, sports stats and, and, you know, all kinds of different things. Uh, I, I find myself needing to like disconnect a little bit sometimes, like sometimes it'll be like 9 PM. I'll, I'll want to watch a game or something. And I'll just be like, I'm putting my phone down. I'm going to bed. Yeah. It makes me sad. Honestly, I'll like text you about the game and then you're like, you just leave me on red and I'm like, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> Cause again, as I said, like you know, he's the only person I have to talk to, guys. So you laugh at me, but I, I know we'll have uh, you know at least two hours to talk about it the next day. So <laughs> I, I don't think we spend enough time together between our three jobs. <laughs> I don't know how this fucker puts up with me, honestly. Um, all right. Also, October twentieth, World Statistics Day. Man, so many statistics are bullshit. Like there, like so many are designed to be bullshit. <laughs> yeah, you like you, I mean? like uh, there was the show uh, Numbers Never Lie, which I think turned into it didn't turn into first take, but it turned into a different show um, it, on ESPN. And it was just like, no, they they actually do because you can manipulate them. Um, I put this on because when I was a kid, I could rattle off like player stats like it was insane. Yeah. I would be at Christmas and my uncles would be like, Michael, I'm like eight years old. They'd be like, Michael. What's uh, what's Manny Ramirez batting this year? I'm like, oh, Manny's two ninety seven with you know thirty four home runs and ninety seven RBIs, and they'd look it up. It would be like, it'd be like two ninety seven with like thirty one home runs and like a hundred R. Like I'd be like almost spot. I'd be spot on in some yeah. aspects and almost spot on in others. Dude, I was so I was a weird kid, right? Um, shocker, and uh, <laughs> so I would literally do like I would do like these fake sports teams with like all my friends on. I mean. I mean, I think we all did it with Madden and, and NBA where, yeah. we, where we'd make the team create, with our friends on it. Team, but yeah. I would I would literally just do it. I would write like fake articles. So this is like foreshadowing of my life now. Right. But like I would write like fake articles and we had like these fake teams and and I had like these and otherworldly stats because I didn't want any of my friends to not, you know, and it's not like I showed anybody. You know what I mean? I think like my dad and my sister knew about it, basically, you know. But yeah, it was really how the world does. And then like, yeah, exactly. And I, but I got like really good at averages and understanding statistics and and what they meant and everything like that. I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it's weird. When you're a kid and you just don't have anything else to worry about, it's it's amazing the retention of numbers that you have. Yeah. You know, or like, I mean, it's not, it wasn't just statistics either. Like, like when I was 12, I knew. Everyone on the Eagles, fifty-three man Ross. I don't know that shit right now. You know what I mean? Like, like I pay as much attention as I pay to football. I don't know everybody, but I knew the Eagles, fifty-three man roster, in and out, practice squad, all of it. <laughs> I know it's sad. It's just like my peak sports fandom or knowledge was when I was nine. And now we're dumb. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> okay. Um, so moving on, uh, so uh, General Douglas MacArthur, this, this is the day of his, uh, uh, of his famous uh, return to the Philippines in March of, March of 1942. We were still getting our asses kicked across the Pacific by Japan, and so they had to evacuate Phil- the Philippines, and uh, General MacArthur very grudgingly and very at the last minute took off, you know, evacuated the island and left with them. And then he returned uh, October 20th, 19, uh, 1944, uh, as we were, you know, obviously kicking Japan's ass back across the Pacific. And uh, I don't know, I shall return is just one of the, you know, the more badass quotes out there. So, this is like, it, you know, the whole thing, especially because he did. And, uh, yeah. I'm going to have to start throwing that in my, like, everyday vocabulary. Like, send a text out and be like, I shall return. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exa- with, with the uh, you know with like a picture of him like do it like yeah. a, as like pay a, homage yeah like a, like a like a like a classy meme you know with like yeah. a, a nice hand or like nice, the uh, like nice the uh, the Andrew Luck uh, like the Twitter account like uh, where he's like in the Revolutionary War like yeah I'll, I'll have to show it to you after it's hilarious I think I think I might know what you're talking about um, also uh, 1968 this was uh, uh, damn it what was it? Uh, Fosbury I already, I already forgot his last name. Or first name, sorry. Um, what was his first? It was a Dave Fosbury, the uh, great track and field athlete. Though changed the game in the high jump, and uh, he set the record at seven feet four and a quarter inches in 1968 at the Olympics. And they were basically just like uh, somebody was saying, "What?" Uh, uh, Dick Fosbury. Dick actually. Fosbury. Yeah. There we go. Um, and rest in peace, Dick Fosbury. I uh, passed away this March actually, but he basically changed the game in the high jump um, for his technique and. There were people like he's gonna wipe out an entire generation of high jumpers because they're all gonna break their neck. <laughs> everything everything seems to be okay. Um, he doesn't have the record anymore, but basically his technique, you know, completely revolutionized that track and field event. So, uh, so shout out to Dick Fosbury and the and the Fosbury flop, which is just an excellent you know sports nickname. Yeah, it really is. Uh, going back to the Andrew uh, Andrew Luck thing, Captain Andrew Luck. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he's, oh, wait, is that Civil War? Does he look like a Civil, yeah, War, Civil War? Yeah, it's the beard. That's so he looks like a Civil War general <laughs> or whatever. Dearest mother, my heart is full and my neck beard spirited to share with you my latest tintype for the mantle. <laughs> yeah, just like, just very <laughs> funny. All right, I like it. Here we go. Is that is it his account or is it just somebody like like picking on him? Oh, just somebody. Okay, yeah, I got you. Funny. I got you. All right. Um, also, so I have a story on this one. Actually, I have two stories really about this one. Uh, obviously a tragic day, um, 1977. This was the day that Leonard Skinner's plane crashed somewhere, uh, southwestern Mississippi. Uh, so there's two things uh, a little bit wild about this, and I don't know if a lot of people knew this, so I'm going to pull it up here. But um, So ju- uh, this is from History.com. Shout out, History. Um, in the summer of 77, members of the rock band Aerosmith inspected an airplane that they con- they con- were considering chartering for their upcoming tour, a Convair 240 operated out of Addison, Texas. Concerns over the flight crew led Aerosmith to look elsewhere, a decision that saved one band but doomed another. The aircraft in question was instead chartered by the band Leonard Skinner, and so on. That's crazy. Was, yeah, so um, I never knew that connection. Um, that's pretty wild. And obviously, you know, kind of spooky, kind of Final Destination-y. Even Very though, Final Destination-y. Uh, even just though, like, but Steven Tyler's fine, so he's sold his soul, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, but it feels Final Destination-like. It, it does. Um, it's just like, what what were they concerned about? About, like, what did they They notice? said the flight crew. So, yeah, like, I mean, were they, like were they just weird? drink? Yeah, were they, were they... Yeah, were they high? Were, were they, like, you know following were they talking about you know they were following the manson family <laughs> like, what's, what's going on yeah like that what kind of red flag can a flight crew give you in that short period of time to be like yeah no, actually no i'm not gonna fly especially when you're that. a partying rock band right yeah, like, like it's, it, it's not like, like being drunk is a red flag is it I, yeah i, don't I mean know, like, like the, the the level has to yeah i mean <laughs> that's a very good point How, what, do you, what do you have to do to spook a rock band i don't know i don't think i want to know right um Anyway, the other story I had about that, and I, I, I keep promising to post these articles, but I, I wrote a small one about when I was in boot camp. So at boot camp, you never hear music. And so the only music that you get in your head is your drill instructor's cadence. 
and we and I've already I've already said this to you once before, like hearing the same song over. Yeah, I was talking to you about it with Nashville. It's mm-hmm. like psychological torture. So when you, all you hear is your is your drill instructor's cadence in your head, left, right, lower, right, like that's all you hear, like over and over, because you, you never hear music. So one day I went to medical to get my immunizations or whatever. It's like we're, we're like three weeks into boot camp, and uh, and in there they had the radio on, and I think they're supposed to turn it off when recruits are in there because you know it's all hardcore and stuff, but they didn't. And uh, Leonard Skinner's. Uh, uh, oh Jesus! Not not Freebird. Um, Tuesday's gone, and that's also the be- the beginning song to Happy Gilmore, one oh, of my okay. one of my yeah. favorite movies. But I didn't know the words, you know what I mean. So my sister wrote me a letter, and she, I told her, "It's like, can you send me a letter with the lyrics to it so I can like sing that in my head?" You know what I mean? And it was a w- it was a weird one, but it was actually kind of fitting too because my girlfriend at the time, you know, yeah, I'll shed a tear. She stopped writing me like ten days into boot camp. So she, I, I never, I, I never even got a John Deere letter. Boo. <laughs> yeah, boo. So, I never even got a her. <laughs> so, all right. So, um, so it was actually kind of a fitting song because you know it's like you know my baby's gone with the wind. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, so it's basically still my favorite song. And so like when I saw this Leonard Skinner thing, I, I had to tell that story. But basically, it breaks up the monotony, and that's what my article was about because it's kind of like a a message to uh the recruits if, if if everybody listening doesn't know i recruited i recruited mawson that that's the third job that we do together um we send out a uh newsletter to kids at boot camp and we're the only direct to um direct to boot camp um publication yeah it's pretty and cool so for for me especially because i have no like military background or you know involvement really so it's uh it's pretty cool yes and uh it, so it uh, that's one of the, it, like, there's a motivation section, but I put it, I put this one online because it was one of my favorite stories about boot camp. So, um, maybe I will actually post that one. It's short, but whatever. Um, all right. October 21, back to the future day. Funny. We just went to trivia tonight and I didn't get the back to the future question because he was doing a, um, like what's the next line in the movie. So he'd play the clip and it was like, so it was, um, like, Oh, oh, really? You're from 1985? Uh, like, then who's the president? And he's like, Richard Nixon. And he's like, and then it was like, what's the next line? And we had no idea. And it's like, like, oh, who's vice president? Jerry Lewis? <laughs> like, but we didn't, I was pissed because I didn't know it because obviously I am a movie guy and I couldn't remember. Um, but love Back to the Future. Great movie. Um, have you seen Back to the Future? No. Dude, why'd you even I've, put it on? There? I've, I've seen I've seen parts of it. I haven't I haven't watched the full Watch thing. Ba- I mean, like the whole vibe of Back to the Future is pretty cool, though, with the with the Marty McFlies and you know all that. If I compile a list, will you actually like start working through it? Yeah, once football season's over <laughs> and basketball. Bullshit. Season. Yeah, no, you won't. <laughs> Next summer. <laughs> I, I have no, summer. That, we we already promised everybody we're going to focus on baseball next summer. I think we lied to them. Oh, yeah. I think we need, like we might need to rebrand our podcast <laughs> we're we seem to be a football and basketball. We're going to be hockey too though yeah. because hockey No, I we did not lie about the hockey. I I want to get into hockey. I'll I'll lead the way on baseball next year and Jake will too. Jake and Tim, they're coming. Yeah, back. yeah. All right. Um <laughs> loud shirt day. <laughs> like uh so so I don't know if Greg is listening any, anymore. He 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 liked us on Facebook, but Greg our old coworker, he had a 
he had a shirt with cats all over it, <laughs> like his cat, his cat's face printed oh, on the. Have I seen? I don't know if I ever saw that. Maybe he only wore it like towards the end when he didn't care anymore. <laughs> He's like, well, my two weeks are in. <laughs> I can wear the cat shirt around. I can't remember, but I do remember the shirt. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a loud shirt. I need a loud shirt. I don't have any loud shirts. I'm like, I, I subscribe to the old George Carlin. Like back in the day, if he had a T-shirt that had a logo on it, he would turn it inside out before he went on stage because he was like, I'm not a billboard. I'm kind of like that. I like, I mean, I'm, right now I'm wearing a polo that's doesn't even have a logo on it. It's just a plain color. That's that's my style. Like I don't want to. Yeah, I hear you. I I when Jimmy Buffett died, I almost bought my first Hawaiian shirt. I should have to honor him. I would do a I'd do a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, but I don't I don't really have any loud shirts. Yeah, but me either. No, I mean, yeah, gotta add a, it to my repertoire. I mean, I guess I have some shirts with loud sayings on them. You know, like one is like every time you train try to be the hardest person that someone else has to kill or you know oh, well, so yeah. i guess that's loud i mean you bring the noise you're just by yourself yeah so. do i really need loud shirts <laughs> that's true <laughs> all right um national scar appreciation day sorry we're moving on to october 22nd so that will be i'm sorry today uh sunday sunday is national scar appreciation day i've got a gnarly one that Looks cool, but I don't, I, I got it as a baby because I had surgery. I had clubbed feet. They were like turned in. Oh, no it. way. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a I'm a success story. I, I overcame a. You know, I, sh- I shouldn't joke about that, but um, no, but but yeah. So they had to do surgery on that. So it looks like this massive scar like halfway up my calf. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's not really a cool one. I guess I have a war scar here on my thumb. Because oh, I, yeah. I was turning the torque wrench and it slipped off into some jagged metal. So, um, and then I went to medical and I was like, "Can I have some stitches?" And they're like, "Nah, suck it up, Buttercup." <laughs> like, okay, cool. I guess I'll just bleed all over everything. Fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Sunday is National Make a Dog's Day Day. Um, what a day! Yeah, I mean, every extra, day extra treat. Every day should be Make a Dog's Day Day. Um, Maybe you know, ten more minute walk. You know. No, I'll go for the walk. Honestly, probably uh, extra belly rub or two. We got we got a few good places. Now she's she's too much of a psycho for that. We'll we'll go for a longer hike. Like yeah, nice. Whatever. I try to make I try to make my dog's day. Every I day, will. Uh, so that's Sunday. So I will just walk the streets and find a dog and make it stay. Dude, go to, no, one. you can go to. So we have a uh, you can go walk dogs at Second Chance Animal Shelter if you ever want to. Oh, cool. And then and then uh, and then one day you'll adopt one too. So. You'll you'll want to adopt them right then probably, but yeah, yeah, I would. I'm a sucker. They need they I'm need people sucker. to they need people to walk them though. Casey and I have done it. So Casey used to do it like every weekend, um, but yeah. All right, 1962. I just I love history. So 1962. This was the Cuban Missile Crisis was obviously going on for a few weeks during this time, but this but Sunday uh, was is the uh, how many years? 61 years since Kennedy made the address that shocked the world basically. Pretty much. I mean, we had a few close calls where the world almost came to an end. Probably a few that we don't know about still. Um, Interestingly enough, you know, like you could say Kennedy saved the world the way he handled it. You know, he made the Soviet Union back down and everything like that. But during the blockade, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was actually a Soviet who saved the world. It's a pretty cool story. This freaking guy, the year before, he was on K-19, which had a nuclear meltdown. He was irradiated and everything like that. Sure enough, a year later, maybe maybe it gave him superpowers or something because he wasn't the commanding officer on his submarine, but basically they were cut off from the outside world, you know, radio silence and everything like that. And 
by the time you know the the time goes on you don't hear anything and i think that they had a deadline like if you don't hear anything by this time then that means we're at war or something like like it was something like sure. that. the story is better than the way i'm telling it for sure but basically he stood up to his commanding officer and said like like no like give it some time wait and he got his commanding officer to bet, which this is the Soviet military, by the way, that he got, you know what I mean, where you get yeah. executed for things like that. Um, and, yeah, he got him to back down. And obviously, you know, instead of launching nuclear weapons, he saved the world. So uh, credit where it's due, even though, you know, like, yay, we won the Cold War. But, you know, good for him. But, yay, the world's not over. It's bigger. Yeah, A little sure. bit bigger, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> I wonder why you put this one on here. October 23. So Monday, it, that's perfect that it's on Monday, too. I know. That's what I was I was looking at. I thought it was a Sunday. I was like, this makes zero sense. <laughs> nope, it's a Monday. Monday, everybody, is slap your annoying co- co-worker day. Uh, so I wonder why Mike put this on here. But um, yeah. I would never slap a co-worker. <laughs> never. Uh, I, I like my job too much. That seems like an HR nightmare. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's like HR people take the day off on Monday, please. That's true. I mean, I I kind of support this because it's just a slap. Like it sounds like I'm condoning violence, but a slap is more like a like a hey, like wake wake up. Like what are, what are you doing with your life? You know what I mean? So I kind of support a slap. Like obviously, I wish it w- I wish it could be okay. You know what I mean? To just go around slapping people for being stupid. You know, I mean like you know it's kind of like the Charlie Murphy thing. So like you know like. Like you can't slap a man, like, you know. Like, yeah, you'd have to have a duel after. Someone's got to go, you know. Like, but I don't really see it that way. I see it like it's, no, like check somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sometimes check them into the boards. Yeah. There, see yeah. hockey, hockey podcast. Well, well, I meant like check them, like you know. Yeah, like, but I was like, check yourself. You I know, know but, but I was, I was. You can also just check them into the wall. I mean, that's that's getting a little. I mean, my my check's gonna be hard, like a hip check into the wall. Yeah. Hey. All right. <laughs> you better. You hope you're coming to work on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. I actually have a vacation day. Oh, is that right? Okay. Um, dude, do you even... All right, so now it's uh, Monday's National iPod Day. Do you even know what iPod is? Did you yes, ever have one? Yes, I'm not that young. I had an iPod. I love... I, I put this on here because I want somebody who has an iPod to give it to me. I want an iPod. I want to just walk around with an iPod, feel like it's 2008 again. I'm going to put the fray on there, uh, probably some Lil Wayne um dude that's a good point right because we all listen to music on our phones now but you're not but you talk about disconnecting a second ago right yeah exactly you can't really disconnect like while you're like you got your music on but then in series like like message from you're like oh god shut up like like, no i just want to listen to drake yeah like i mean i would never say that but um but yeah, it just interrupts the best part. No, of the I song. just want to listen to Frank Sinatra. Is like, that more up your alley? I, lo- I love Frank Sinatra. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm okay. Like, yeah, that, that's more acceptable okay. for sure. Um, favorite so, Frank Sinatra so gonna, song? I mean, like, I, I'm gonna sound like a like a uh, what's the word? I, I, I don't know. Like, I did it my way, right? You know, I like that one. Yeah, that's life. Is mine. Is it? But I feel like that's like you know what I mean. Like that's like the everyone gives that answer, so I sound lame. But okay, I don't know. But yeah, but I mean, it's Sinatra, Sinatra, right? So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great point, though. I mean, like iPod, iPod takes me back to my first deployment, like, and like that was the first time I had one, and then I had like, and I then I had like status guys. I had like, I had like ten thousand songs on mine. Hell yeah! And this is where we didn't have the internet, you know, on the boat, so yeah. it was like. 
So you actually had like, yeah, you had the content. I was rich. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, I made it, I made a good friend who just like did nothing but download music all day. And so like it, yeah, it was helpful. Um, all right. Well, let's end on a, end on a happy note here. Uh, in 1993, uh, on, uh, yeah, on Monday in 1993, it's the anniversary of Joe Carter hitting the game-winning home run in World Six of the World's in Game Six of the World Series. Good thing the show's almost over, Jesus. <laughs> game Six of the World Series. It's only the um, it was only the second time, only only one of only two times ever that the World Series has ended on a home run. Uh, the other was uh, Bill Mazeroski hit one in. Game seven of the 60 World Series, uh, Pirates over Yankees. And that's always, Yankees losing, still always a happy occasion. That's beautiful. It was kind of a crazy World Series. Um, through the first six games, obviously, it was game, you know, three three games to three, but the Pirates had been outscored 46 to 17. So almost a 30 run yeah. differential. And then they, they, and then they win this. The they, got, they got blown out in their three losses and they won nail biters in their three wounds. And then they, then they won a nail biter in their fourth win, obviously, uh, you know, hitting home run and. Uh, game nine or yeah ninth inning of the world series um but yeah just you know i mean that's like that's like the other than like catching the winning touchdown pass yeah that's what you hitting like the game winning, that's simulate what you dream as about. a kid yeah like you totally. know you're in the backyard you're you have the stick in the in the pebble that you're hitting or the wiffle ball bat and whatever whatever so, it is bottom of the ninth and two yeah, outs yeah full you're, count you're the announcer you're the pitcher <laughs> you're the batter and and you're the star you know you're you're the you're the main character in that in that there's there's comfort in knowing like every every kid did that right like i hope like little girls are doing that now too you know what i mean like, yeah because i don't think when they i went i don't think they were doing that when they were my age or when i was probably not even yeah i don't think they were doing it when i was a kid yeah you know what i'm saying i hope little girls are doing that now so all right well anyway uh again i'll say the thank you i will say the you know guys please give us that feedback um you know, give us the follows, uh, subscribe on the, with, you know, your podcast listening platform of choice. Uh, you know, we got Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Let us know if there's another one that, and I'll, I'll start adding the shows on that one as well. Um, we have an email. So if you want to email us questions, obviously we have social media, shoot the questions to social media.